With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Fueled by the outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Get your glass. Pour your, pour your wine in. Got your glass, bag. Was this working? Yeah. Is this working? I got to get my man voice on. <laughs> I'm actually recording right now. <laughs> I am going to. That's a tall glass of wine. That sounds like the uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, the end of the beat. Evacuation, come. 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 <laughs> Evacuation, come. <laughs> Evacuation, <all> complete. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Ready? In three, two, one. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Gates and Chris Leppard. What's going on, guys? And we're joined by our ever-present podcast guest Josh, Josh Lack <laughs> six time podcast guest <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say like six time podcast champion <laughs> what's, what's that saying that Ric Flair does 16 time world champion <laughs> Woo! alligator wearing oh my that is there's a, fu- there's a funny story. I can't. We can't talk about that. But there's a real funny video if you go online right now and you look about Ric Flair doing something on the Long Island Railroad that he was not supposed to be doing uh, with a lady. You can look up the article online. It's on Barstool. It's Man, hysterical. When you look up, like all those famous wrestler guys we watched as kids. Oh man, they're terrible. Well, like ninety percent of them are dead now. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, at age fifty-two, fifty-six, fifty-four. When you're, they were all addicted to pain pills and well, yeah. steroids, and and they I didn't mean, even do the crazy. The snake used to like take crack hits and blow it into the snake bag. <laughs> Did he really? Oh, yes. Like. In the ring? No, good lord, oh. no. Like, outside the ring. Oh, I didn't know if crack yeah. was acceptable in the no, 80s. No, no. I think um, it was pretty big in the 80s. Who, who was a, a... There's a great podcast that the, uh, the Undertaker did with um, with Joe Rogan. And, like, talks about, like, breaking his entire, like, occipital bone in his head and, like, driving oh himself to the hospital. He's like, I gotta go to the wrestling tomorrow. And the doctor's like, no, you're not, because your face is shattered. So it's 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 pretty it's pretty amazing what some of those guys like had Pe- to go through. Yeah. Looks like Peter Griffin. Look at that <laughs> Griffin, Griffin after he had the stroke, stroke. Exactly. eating all the nickels. <laughs> Man, oh goodness, it is it is hard life. Hard so life. So I want to congratulate guys. everybody on this outdoors wrestling podcast that you're listening to right now. <laughs> We've decided to mash it up. Um. So let's 
start where we should, which is the beginning. Let's talk Expo. Yes. For those of you that came, we love and appreciate each and every <laughs> one of you. We had a very good turnout. Um, I feel like we gave stuff away for an hour, hour and a half. Like Had a lot of stuff. We just oh, read yeah. names for so long. It was insane. Well, we read Tyler Sparks' name for half the time. Tyler Sparks <laughs> is the raffle champion of the world. How many tickets did he buy? A million. <laughs> he, dude, we drew his name five times in a row. What? And I think like eight or nine overall. It was insane. He five went, times in yeah. a row. He, I think he was it, nice enough, though, to where he's like, oh, no, give it to someone else. Yeah. But, Good deal. Dude, and he was, uh, he actually is the champion of the expo. He showed up about 40 minutes or so before the expo started, wanted to meet us and just kind of hang out and Mm -hmm. uh, shoot the bull and check some stuff out, kind of have like a little VIP moment where he got, you know, the place to himself. So I'm like, yeah, come on. I'd wanted to meet him for a while anyway. So dude stayed till the raffle was over. Really? Like, the expo was over when he left. He he put in a day. <coughs> Where's he, he from? He ended up being a part of the expo. Um, up, like, up north, north of Dayton. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, I want to say he had, like, a two... He's not from Eaton, like, where Satterfield's from. No, he? no, okay. he's norther. More norther. Oh. Yeah. Like, Troy or Tip City? Mm, I could probably text him right now and ask, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, so, he was there for a really long time. Uh, but it was, I tell you what, you talk about a, like a humbling experience mm-hmm. to see the turnout, uh, 20 minutes before we open the doors, there's a line, people are paying and signing off, you know, the paperwork and all that. And I'm like, damn. And the shirts, everybody loved the shirts. Thank God we had those shirts. For those of you that don't know, we had those shirts made in two days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, I mean, what what's your thoughts, Josh? You talk for a little while. We had a great turnout. I don't think it could have turned out any better, any better than what we got. I mean, for essentially three, three and a half weeks of planning, it, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's on Chris. But you're welcome. <laughs> we had. Uh, we had the place full at one point. I mean, it got to the point where I'm like, if any more people come, we may have to have people kind of wait outside. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I was. There was a point. It was flowing pretty good for about two hours. And then all of a sudden, I think we all were kind of like, oh, man, kind of sure hope it slows down a little bit because if more people show up, our building isn't big enough. Right. And... I think we could have made it work, but with how many people we had and the polls and the vendors, it was at what I would call max comfort. Yeah. Basically. Um, it got a little warm. Um, you know, we had the, uh, we had the, uh, people entering through the, the main door there. And did we, I forget. Did you crack we, that big garage door? We didn't door? open the garage door. We did not we? open We the kept that door. closed. Yeah. But, uh, we had our boy Paul Helms come out and do a little demo on one sticking mm-hmm. up a, 
a tree. He used a telephone pole, which turned out to be quite shaky. Um, <laughs> it was like really shaky. I think it was more of a support pole. Uh, so it okay. wasn't in there like a regular one, perhaps. But uh, he demonstrated how to different ways to shoot out of the saddle. And I saw the video of him. He was doing the yeah. recurve too, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's there's a reason I asked him to come. He's always practicing his craft and he's a very good trad shooter. I had followed him when I got into competition and I always saw him and shook hands with him mm-hmm. and his buddy Ben, uh, Ben Power. Um, so they, I mean, they did awesome. Ben hung out with him the whole time and I think he took some pics and vids and stuff, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really neat demo and he really... You ask somebody to do that, and you really don't know them well. Mm-hmm. We had never hung out or anything; just see each other in passing and online. And uh, he just lives out in like the Sardinia area, I believe. Oh, nice. So, with that said, though, I don't know his capabilities as far as public speaking and all that. So, the whole time I'm like, <laughs> please God, let this guy, you know, explain what he's doing. Be a good teacher, man. He knocked it out of the park. I was going to say, the one video that I saw, he was like going step by step and explaining the reason why he was doing it that way, the reasons it's made to do things that way. So that's a pretty impressive thing to, um, you know, to do that. Hey, we didn't do this. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cheers. cheers. You got it. Cheers. Clinkies. Pulse. I mean, I'm I'm still, like I said, I'm pissed that I couldn't make it, but yeah. It's cool, man. Next year, you, Pierce, and Luke will be there. Or, well, I can't say what I'll do. If you, if you can get Luke to come <laughs> down from north of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll swore my oath. <laughs> I got to stay on the wall, Castle Black. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I was talking. Who was I talking to? It might have been Josh. Mm-hmm. But I was saying. You know, there were few really important people that were not there. Mm-hmm. And to look around and see how everybody did, our team kind of knocked it out of the park, honestly. Yeah. Um, Cam, kinda, Jeff, I mean, Josh's kinda. wife killed it. Yeah, my wife took over the Ran uh, the raffles raffle by booth. herself. Oh, nice. Was selling raffles like it was her job. Good deal. Oh, yeah. She was she was on it. She had her her system down and she was those tickets were flying off the booth. Good deal. Yeah. It was it was a good experience. So I think what we're gonna do next year I don't wanna tell too much because I don't want to give other people ideas because I do have a feeling that somebody's gonna try to do this because mm-hmm. they saw that it worked. But with that being said, one of our ideas is to do a film festival. Mm -hmm. And basically, it would be geared towards YouTubers. Uh, YouTube adventure filmers. You know, us. We're not, uh, you know, not a a TV show coming in and doing something. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. small time guys like us. So, um, I think we're going to do that. Okay. I think... We won't. We won't talk about your idea. That's that's. We, <laughs> we gotta. We gotta. Yeah. Wait. We we have Secret some pretty secrets. good ideas. Yeah. We gotta yeah. keep that one 
Hashi, Hashi. I think like one of the bigger things that was more impressive to me was in talking to I just blanking on his name again. The uh, Ultimator, John Richard. John Richard. He and I were talking. Um, Richards. At, Richards. Yeah, we were talking, and he had said, you know, when we were setting stuff up, he goes, you know, like it's like guys like us are like are glad that this is happening. Like, like, like no one does one of these where it's just purely like featuring our products. Like if you go, if like, if you're a mobile hunting guy, you might get in at like ATA or you maybe shot show or maybe at a, you know, trade show or something yeah, or, big, or a boat show, show or, or something, but show. you have 500 outfitters exactly. and charters and, and you're you know, paying these... $400 a booth oh, or more. Yeah, I think ATA might be around 600 I want to say even the Travel Sports and Boat Show. Used to be four. Really? Used yeah. to be 400 bucks. It's, it's quite a bit. Wow. Yeah. It's Yeah, it's that much for two or three days. Yeah. yeah. But we got a lot of good feedback from the vendors because it was, it was a good size but small enough to still be personable. And yeah. then... All the vendors got quality time with guys asking about their products. And yeah. We had places where they could display their products, test them out. They were getting stuff bought from. I bought stuff from them. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, what'd you end up buying? I bought the uh, Kyle Skelly's. Uh, ah, uh, yeah, the bow, bow hanger. hanger. Yeah. So it amazed me how much business people actually did because some of this stuff I won't call it cheap, but it's less expensive, right? Like Aiders. Like, mm-hmm. anybody can go buy an Aider, right? There were guys walking out of there with one or two saddles, mm-hmm. rings of steps, like, ordering this. And that, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And and I've been getting messages still about people. Oh, man, I bought this at the expo. I'm so glad, you know, all mm-hmm. that. And I'm mm-hmm. just thinking to myself, awesome. We, we did a, a good thing. And what's cool to me? And don't get me wrong, it's cool to raise money, it's cool to make money, it's cool to uh, foster relationships with right. all these vendors and all of our members that came out. And and honestly, the people that we didn't know from our butt in the hole in the ground mm-hmm. um, that ended up joining the page after or something. But the coolest part to me was watching, I call it, I just say watching America. You have guys working out of their garage their shed their basement Mm -hmm. uh they just some of these guys have just finished little additions to their pole barns and places where they operate their business yeah Yeah. and they're literally sewing and and uh splicing all these things and um manufacturing all this stuff right there and that's their full-time job that's how they're feeding their families and it's kind of cool to mm-hmm. know that you helped somebody like that and we you know again we benefited a little bit yeah but just the coolest thing in the world yeah and that's really you know what i told our vendors and i kind of try to explain to everybody is um there's no sense in trying to drain somebody for all you can get out of them right and there's no sense in letting somebody use you or trying to get somebody a crazy deal. What if we all just help each other mm-hmm. and we all eat at the end of the day? You know, so a lot of people got to come and learn some really cool stuff and yep. shop some really cool gear. 
for very, very high. It was five bucks to get in, which that just helps us raise money for Officer Bear mm-hmm. and helps cover our costs and stuff. Man, we three hundred dollars in lumber on poles. <laughs> I I was like, but hey, please let the, people show up. You have those poles forever now. So it, Ish. It, Actually, I think the poles are going to get stuck in the ground. I still got the lumber. Oh, okay. But I still, it's I funny. still have the lumber. I was talking with my dad about this when he helped run the NWTF chapter in Brown County. And like he said, you know, when you go into the first year of anything, he said, like, when they did that. And I mean, they did that for 10-some years or whatever it was. And he's like, you buy It's like they want three. NWTF wanted like three grand up front. Like, like we want, we need at least three grand from you up front in order to give you the guns that we that we're giving you and the package for you to be able to sell this stuff. And you're like, we don't know if anybody's going to show up to this. Sure. I mean, they barely pre-sold tickets, <clears throat> and then it's like you have, you know, hundreds of people coming in in like into this banquet, and it's like, oh, okay, your nerves settle down a little bit. But then, like the next year, you're like, we need to find a bigger building. We need to do yeah. this. Like it's it's yep. the next thing. That has to happen with that. And, you know, ideally, that's the idea that we hope that this would happen is that it would get it would be big the first yeah. year or it'd be somewhat. Decent. It would give us the justification to go bigger. Oh, absolutely. And better. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm kind of thinking we'll probably need a building that's at least twice the Sharonville as big as well, Convention yeah. Center. No, I'm joking. How big it's, is that? Yeah. Huge. It's massive. What, really? like Expo Center huge or like, not? Compared to the Deer and Turkey Expo in Columbus. Well, oh, the, I, mean, the, the, I mean, the Deer and Turkey Expo, Expo, the Columbus Expo Center is massive. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's absolutely like, I mean, that's where they have the Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I got hair in my mouth. That's gross. Um, but we'll, we'll need a building that was probably two or three times the size of like what we had. Like three times the size. Yeah. Because we're going to have probably twice the vendors at least. Yeah. And we, we won't have three weeks to plan. We'll have a whole year to plan. So. Yeah. 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 I mean. Set your dates. Set your dates. Yep. If any of you are listening to this, be ready Set for next Set your year. dates that you don't know. So keep an open calendar is what Rick's trying to tell you. Yes. Keep um, all the dates When open. we do have a date, it will be broadcast all over the interwebs and the podcast and all that. Absolutely. But uh, we do intend on having a much bigger venue. A uh, few more food options, a lot more vendor options, even though our, the vendors we had were absolutely phenomenal. I can't thank them enough for their support. Please come back next year. Please come back next year. I can't see any of them not coming back. Yeah. Um, I feel like everybody Got good did well. And, and good the cool feedback. thing is you don't have to come there and do a bunch of business because you're not paying $600. No. So you're not like, please buy this or my family can't have dinner next week. Like, you can relax and shoot the bull with people and show them things. And yeah, if they like it, cool. If they don't, that's okay. Well, I think that was one of the biggest things, you know, that I think people can take away from that. If you're a vendor is that you didn't have to pay to come to this. Like it was, you, you like, paid $25. Yeah. But I mean, you're not paying, you know, 500, 600 <laughs> bucks for a booth that you, that is preset for you when you get there. Of, yeah. You know, a you know a, an eight by eight booth with some blue cloth behind it and some poles and yep. saying, oh, by the way, you can't hang stuff on any of our things because yep. you know you might ruin it. But so um, Expo went great. Expo was good. I think uh, I think we've got some things we know we can improve on. I think one thing we're going to do is get a little better with our raffle system, have more people working the raffle, um, and then the other thing is I think I'm going to have pictures 
of what's being raffled, but I'm going to allow our vendors to ship those out. That way I don't have a week of calling people and trying to ship stuff and yeah. arrange pickup, and it's like yeah. a lot. So with that said, I think the other thing that's going to help us in every way is pre-sale tickets. We're going to do pre-sale tickets for sure. Good. Um, that will be monumental. Solved. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I don't... Do you want to mention the idea we had about the... If we do multiple nights, like the first night? For yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I think what we're going to do... God bless Tyler Sparks for giving us this idea. Um, he wanted to come in. He said, could I have a VIP sesh? And I'm like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> so I think what we're going to do is a two and a half day event. It'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Friday evening. I think we're going to try to have some people pay to come be VIP guests. Mm -hmm. And just some ideas we had. We're going to approach some seriously amazing people to come be a part of this. And essentially... We will all sit down to a dinner together after, you know, people get to walk around and look at the different I'll products. Make the and, huh? You said I'll make the steaks. Uh, <laughs> you could. Um, we'll have a nice catered dinner mm -hmm. and some drinks and, and all that. But I, I think we'll do like a VIP night on Friday night where we have, let's say, 50 people or, you know, what we'll keep it small because we're not, you know, we're not trying to have the entire world show up. Right. We don't need a crazy like breathtaking crowd we want the right crowd and um we want people to have a great experience both consumers and vendors right and uh you know i think at first we talked before the expo and i'm like yeah let's just make this like the biggest show in america blah 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 and then afterward hearing from the vendors and different uh, people that came and talking with Josh and some other guys, mm -hmm. everybody really enjoyed that, uh, that like personable, you know, kind of intimate style of, of expo where yeah. you had these, uh, times where it's just you and Dano from Eastern woods or you and Sean from bull man, or mm -hmm. you get to go talk to, uh, John and Jerry from CGM or Kyle and, and his boys. I mean, it just, I think I want to keep it like that. Good. Now I want it to be bigger, but have but, the personability still. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, we'll we'll stretch it out and make it two and a half days, and um, we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some amazing, absolutely phenomenal people show up and do seminars, and uh, we got a cop couple of uh competitions. We'll call it. That's all we're gonna say. But <laughs> we've got some competitions to help sort of entice people to yes. come to the expo. Good deal. So so speaking of competitions. Speaking of competitions. We have one set for what begins in less than, I, I know, can't wait. 14 days? <laughs> no. I am yeah. giddy 14, like a schoolgirl. 14 days. 14 days. Two weeks. Literally right now, two weeks from now, two weeks we from will now. be sitting around a fire in Nowheresville, USA, <laughs> Kentucky. 
sipping bourbon, beer, whatever, probably bourbon, and strategizing for opening day of deer season. Yeah. Now, our competition, we still have to lay out some rules and get them on paper because that's yeah, important. Yeah, because we, we can't do the turkey like we did the turkey competition. There's too many people in this one. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And we don't want Chris eating coyote tacos this year. No, <laughs> none of those gross-ass oh coyote tacos. No, so I, I, w- I was going to tell you this. So I thought it was really weird when you ordered French fries at a Mexican restaurant. And then you found out that and I was related to Jesus. <laughs> so no. So when I was in, so when I was in Las Vegas, I went to this place called Tacos El Gordo. It's freaking amazing tacos. Fleets. And they had what were called carne fries. Ooh. And they were shoestring fries covered in carne asada Ooh. with guac salsa crema. And it was just like you shoved a fork. Oh, my God. It was so good. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like what you were trying to order, but they actually got it right. Yeah. Well, I will have you know that I was not a fan of the coyote tacos. Those were more like koi wolf tacos. They were mother-freaking disgusting. So... No more of that White place. Steak. We're not. <laughs> it was a milk steak. Um, Give me your finest milk steak and jelly beans. <laughs> Raw. So, if you're an It's Always Sunny fan, I love you. So, uh, we do have a competition, though. We have a film team, and we have pairs. It is... Uh, I don't know that I'm going to be able to shout out all the teams... But I know that it's me and Bob Walker, uh, Matt and Luke, Pierce, Matt and Pierce, Rick and Luke, Luke, Josh and Cam, Travis and Spencer. And is that all of them? No, no, no. Aaron and Grip. Yeah, oh, yeah, say yeah, yeah. Grip Team Jerry. Only. Yeah, Team Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Um. So essentially, Team, did you hear that over there? I don't know if I heard something. Did you hear that over there? <laughs> hey, is Chris talking <laughs> about me again? I'm going to flick him with my AARP card. <laughs> um, I'm a terrible person. So essentially, highest scoring buck. I think we're going to incorporate some does in there. Yep. Stuff like that. It has to be on film or it yep. doesn't count. And we'll probably have some bonus points and everything. We'll yeah. discuss that probably this week, actually, before everybody opens up. Because Nebraska opens up. Kind of leads us into what we're talking about. Kentucky opens up. Nebraska opens mm-hmm. up. I want to say Tennessee like all the Dakota, like nine Dakota states open up. <laughs> um, Tennessee, actually, maybe this weekend, actually, yeah, is it's, Velvet it's, Weekend. It's pretty early. Yeah, yeah it's like mid-August, third, second, third weekend of August. Mm-hmm. Um but also, if you, if you can't, can hear that in the background, that's my dog lapping up Rick's water. Dog <laughs> you thirsty dog tonguing the water behind us. Um, we have squirrel season and dove season, early goose season, which also would include teal. Teal. Wood duck. Um, uh, are you sure? Uh, in Kentucky, Maybe in wood Kentucky. duck comes in September. September. Okay. Our early goose is like September 14th. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I was talking about Ohio. We're September 1st, I believe. Yeah. Check your rules and regs before you listen to us, but (laughs) we're pretty sure. Yeah. 
But we have a lot of these wonderful seasons opening up, and uh, one thing I've been working on, and I think Josh is going to come over tomorrow and work on, is tuning and sighting in our bows. And we had a gentleman, (laughs) old Bobby, Bobby, uh, he wants us to talk about, which I actually think it would be amazing. Bluegill fishing? No. There was some guy who said to talk about bluegill fishing. Uh, high FOC and heavy arrows versus light arrows and and all that. So what are you <laughs> BJing the mic to right I, now? I mean, it, it, it seems like one of those things. I think it's great like because it makes a whole hell of what a lot of sense. What do you think is great? The whole high FOC thing. Okay. I think it's great. Um, you listened to that whole podcast. I did. Okay. I listened to the whole thing. I right. think it makes complete sense to me. I could never shoot a 700 grain arrow. Well, no. And I'm not talking about that. So really, okay. It makes sense. People go overboard with it. So I'll say this. Scientifically, exactly. it's correct. Yeah. You can't dispute the science behind it. Now, here's where the other side gets ticked off. I'm just going to say this, and I don't care who hates me. Like normal. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed all seven of our podcast listeners because they're all gone after I say this. So I think. <laughs> wow. She's just stretching out over there. That is not what happened <laughs> when I heard the noise come from your dog. Um, a lot of people right now, there's a big movement where people are shooting extremely heavy arrows with a lot of weight up front. Okay, so that that was her just yeah. sighing then. Yeah. All right. She's moving around. So, uh, your dogs are the worst thing in the world for a guy with ADD. <laughs> Sounds like Rick's dog's farting behind me. So, anywho, there's a huge movement with high FOC. Uh, this is front of center weight. Meaning, if you find the balance point of your arrow where mm-hmm. it balances on your finger, however much weight you have forward of that. So, um, the science is there. The science is there for momentum and getting a pass through. But there's a lot of factors. Listening to Dr. Ed Ashby, what he says adds up. But... You also have to factor in that we're not shooting a recurve at a rhino from seven, six yards. seven or six steps. Six, like yeah. we are shooting deer. And I, I totally get the argument that you want to have plenty there just in case. But at some point, I totally get if, you know, we go out archery, elk hunting, moose hunting, an animal, if you will, that is not only bigger but because it takes longer to get bigger, it is therefore more developed in its muscular and skeletal structure. So you need a heavier arrow, a tougher broadhead, and probably insert outsert system protecting your arrow. There's all kinds of factors that come into there. Do you have to have that? No. But can it help? Sure. Yeah. So that's where I think I'm going to try to kind of play the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. I am sitting at 518 grains right now. That is... What's your draw? 27 and a half inches. No poundage. Oh, 70. Okay. Probably 70, 71 right now. I need to check it out, but 
Uh, with that said, I look to shave 25 or 30 grains off of that. Okay. But add a little weight. I have 205 grains up front right now. I'd like to add a little bit up front and have a lot of FOC. Essentially, the way this guy's explaining things What does is, FOC mean for people who don't know what that means? I just explained that. Oh, yeah. If you find the balance point of the arrow. <laughs> no, like the actual, like, what is... Front of center. Front of it's center. It's the weight that is front of center. Okay. So, essentially, if you if you balance that arrow on your finger... And obviously yeah. the knock end would be the ass end of the arrow, right? So yep. the broadhead end, the insert end, that's the front. So whatever weight you have on the other side of your finger where the front part of the arrow is, that is your FOC percentage. So yes. you take you take the percentage of overall weight. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know exactly what it is. I okay. just didn't and you couldn't remember if you actually said what front of yeah. center meant. I explained that but i didn't explain the percentage part right so uh a lot of people run eight nine ten somewhere around there Mm -hmm. pretty solids getting up there you know 14 15 that's pretty what do you call that ultra foc um ashby had like a like different names oh there were like three of them and yeah like the first one was heavier than hell uh, I, there's like extreme FOC and then ultra extreme or That's something. What it but was. I mean, again, we're not trying to shoot Cape Buffalo and brush bulls and all that. So yet, yet, <laughs> damn right yet. I like the way you think. So um, we're gonna be hunting with Adam Greentree. I'm gonna get killed by an alligator, a saltwater crocodile. So. I think I want to slow my bow down, though. I always remembered shooting my Matthews, I called it the slow cam. Every solo cam was uber slow. And then I had the wrong draw length at the time, which was 26 inches. And so I want to say my bow with a hunting setup was 262 feet per second, which is maybe barely faster than trad people. Shooting recurves and stuff. I mean, it's that's pretty slow. Yeah. Um, so I could pretty much hit whatever I wanted for the most part. I was an extremely aggressive hunter. Would take some pretty crazy shots, and now I pump the brakes. I just I can't control the bow the same way. And listening to this meat eater podcast, and this guy explain all this, he talked about slowing the bow down. To help control the arrow, and oh, it, I always thought that was stupid. I, I thought it was like, oh, you just don't have good form. You suck at archery, right? Well, that's not the case. Well, yeah, I mean, the <laughs> industry pushes fast, fast, speed. fast speed, speed. Speed, speed, I mean, yep. when you look at, like, a, what is it, the Raven crossbow. Uh, dude, I'm about to go. feet per second Let me or get a Raven like 500. Yeah. One pin out to 50 yards. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Were you successful in Nebraska? Well, how, which time? How many times? Yes. I shot a doe at 600 yards, <laughs> if that is your question. With the second pin down. <laughs> so, um, I think when you slow that bow down, especially, especially for a guy with fixed heads, you're able to control that arrow flight a lot better. And then you get into a lot of these long draw guys. They struggle 
with fixed heads. Well, that's why. Because they're shooting 9 million feet a second. Oh, exactly. Because they're born tall. <laughs> Freaking tall people. <laughs> Bunch of centers walking around shooting <laughs> bows. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to slow my arrow down. I want to weigh it down a little bit. I'm going to be shooting a pretty good head. Uh, had a couple of buddies. We won't mention their names. But they kept trying to get me to shoot Magnus. And I've finally come over to the light side, we'll call it. The bright side. Light side. Uh, going to light shoot side, some, dark side. Going to shoot some uh, Magnus. Uh, I want to say they're Killer Bee Stingers. Something like that. Yeah. It's a solid head. There's no vent in the blade. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, that should chill the noise out traveling through the air. Two blades or? Uh, so it's a two blade head with a bleeder, bleeder blade. blade. So okay. technically four, but I, I want to say See, the bleeder. See, now, it's pretty he, here, here's the thing, though. Like, did you like you listen to the rest of that podcast about the bleeders and that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like... I found that part to be more interesting than anything else because... Remind me what they said. So when Fred Bear invented the bleeder blade on a broadhead, he originally made it out of a steel that shattered once it got in there to create more... More trauma. More trauma. But he said, like, people didn't like that because they felt like it ruined the area or ruined the meat and they're like... The company that was making them didn't like it, so they're like, ah, we're not going to do that. Um, I want to say it was something like Blue Steel, but I know that's the face that like Derek Zoolander <laughs> makes in um, in Zoolander. Uh, but the yeah, that one right there. Um, you know, guys put bleeder blades on their broadheads now, and it's like, it, I guess it slows, it creates more drag. Yeah. And it, it like... I'm sure it helps in some way, but <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, ah, do I, do I, do I need that? But again, this is the you can go over this with every broadhead on the face of the earth and think about what the differences are about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely better setups, and I think certain setups might work better for different archers. With that said, I shot a buck through both shoulder blades with a sub 400 grain arrow and a muzzy three blade from Walmart at 54 yards and killed him with my Matthews reason, the old slowy. because it was the Matthews. It was the Matthews. <laughs> so at the end of the day, shot placement is king, but I mean... As the heavy guys always say, shot placement is assumed, but I don't like using that because that sounds like you're not practicing. Um, so, that said, we've been out getting our bows tuned up, and uh, we're getting ready. We've got two weeks till we wake up early as heck. If you hunt the same WMA as me, you might as well not go where I'm going because <laughs> no one in the history of the world will beat me there. I will sleep there. <laughs> <laughs> I am climbing in my tree. Yep. Me and the game warden are going to be sitting there. He'll know. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. So, but this is a this is a kind of a good segue into a uh, small game that's coming in because this is an opportunity if you decide that you want to do this. I bought small game heads for my arrows. Ah. So, squirrel comes in tomorrow in Kentucky. So, today's uh October 20th. Good lord. August okay? 20th. 
Yeah, I'm fine right now. Um, you need more on. bourbon. Yeah. No, good lord. You need no. more fingers. Yep. No, 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 no. <laughs> what is that? I, I need. I need two more fingers. F- you got in your glass right there. Two fingers in there right now. I don't need any more. Any more uh, bourbon like Josh needed wine that night. <laughs> um, Why is the rum always gone? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As Josh takes another drink of wine. Um, so small game heads are are cheap, easy thing for you to go and buy, and it gives you a live target to practice at. It gets you out in the woods a little bit more before deer season. It really helps the arrow companies out. uh, Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) So the way that I kind of look at it is if I have old arrows that I like, if I've got like three or four arrows from like last year that, you know, if I build a new set or something like that, I can use those for my small game arrows versus, you know, using my arrows that I would normally use for, you know, whitetail when, um, archery season comes in but it's an opportunity for you to get out there and do that kind of stuff <clears throat> and with squirrel season coming in um people are probably like well it's super early well it is you know this is one of those early season hunts and i know a guy asked like i want to talk more like hear more about squirrel hunting versus deer hunting and you know at least with early early season squirrel hunting it's a little bit different than you, what you would normally get. When does Ohio's come in? October? Squirrel? That's yeah. Beginning of September. Beginning, yeah. Yeah, beginning of September? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, when when you look at anything like that, um, leaves are still on the trees. You know, there's the general thought that you're going to be using a shotgun in the early part of the season and like a twenty two in the later part of the season just because of the fact <clears> – <throat> that you're going to be able to the squirrels are going to see you farther out you know you want to get farther away with a 22 whatever um i'm just going to give some advice here based off of somebody who's shot squirrels they've fallen out of trees and they've ran um sounds like you yeah um number five high brass make it your friend uh don't use dove loads don't use what's cheap at walmart just go buy yourself number five high brass. It's going to put the little guy on the ground versus you having to worry about um, wounding an animal and it running off. What gauge are you using? Twelve. <laughs> I want him dead. I would like to talk to you about your <laughs> shotgun pattern. Whoa. Yeah. So <laughs> my shotgun pattern is that shotgun's now a turkey gun. So it doesn't even matter anymore. All right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, so I can think of one good thing to uh, a number five high brass for sure, and that would be that you're not going to have 480 pellets in a squirrel. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it all depends, too, like how far you're going to shoot them. I mean, are they at the top of a hickory tree? Number five high brass is going to be good. If you're 20 yards... Either way, you shoot a squirrel with a 12-gauge. You better aim out front. <laughs> little little out in front of him, so just a little bit of the pattern clips him. Well, I think part of the good thing about <clears throat> early season squirrel hunting is, too, is that the squirrels aren't all the way in the tops of the trees like they are later in the season. Yeah. They, they tend to hang a little bit lower because they have more cover and they feel like there's a little bit safety um, being able to get to the ground and get back up a little bit better. So hickory nuts are falling. We, we discussed that, right? Hickories are falling now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I mean, they're going to be going down. They're going to be cracking nuts. 
They're going to be sitting next to you in your tree stand here before too terribly long. Yep. If chattering you're, in your ear. Chattering in your ear. And, um, you know, it, it's it's a good opportunity to get out and uh, try something new if you've never squirrel hunted. It's fun. It, it's, it's a lot of fun just to be able to get out in the woods. And if nothing else, when you go deer scouting, take your shotgun with you. Like, it can't hurt you to, like, oh, there's a deer path over there. Oh, there's a squirrel. I can, like come back with a couple of those yes. and have, you know, throw them in the freezer for burgoo or make, you know, buffalo hot legs or something like that, you know, as a snack. But, or squirrel and gravy. If you've not ever had that, that's a good one too. Oh, man. Squirrel and gravy is good. I've never had squirrel and gravy. Really? Oh, yep. my God. <laughs> Over cat head biscuits? Oh, my God. What? Oh, so good. <laughs> Do we really have to talk about cat head biscuits? What are what are can head biscuits? Well, cat. you just ask Wild Man. <laughs> it's a man's meal, Josh. <laughs> Where's Will when you need him? <laughs> oh my god. Nothing uh, is greater good. than your brother's impression of him. <laughs> oh man. Oh Wild Man. If you haven't found Wild Man on TikTok, he is Gone, on TikTok. Gone, but not now. forgotten. You saw the you saw the TikTok video, right? Mm, I think so, but we saw a better video last night. Oh man, See, my buddy Brett <sighs> I need to sent get you me on these products. <laughs> my buddy Brett. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> the, the F can. <laughs> my 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 buddy Brett sent me a video. Um, I woke, it was the first thing I woke up to. And he goes, I thought this guy was gone. <clears throat> and I looked, and it's wild, man. He's got a TikTok now. And he's talking to people about how to find arrowheads in a stream. and he, Where he just throws an arrowhead oh, in a stream and then it, finds it. It is it. the widest arrowhead I have ever seen in my entire life. Looked like it was scrubbed with, like ivory. He made it the day before. Exactly. <laughs> oh, the camp around these uh, water areas. Out of styrofoam. And, yes. <laughs> why is why is that one floating in the water, wild man? They used a certain rock with air inside of it. Dude, I had a guy. Um, he commented on one of our posts <clears throat> on our YouTube channel and uh, about our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and he said he subscribed and. He talked about having a channel, and I was like, well, throw that out there. And he's like, well, oh, it's not hunting. Lord. And I'm like, I don't care. What do you got? Dude, he's an artifacts hunter. Really? Unless he's a kajillionaire, like, this guy isn't faking it. Like uh, like an artifact or rock like hound? He goes out and finds spearheads and... Clovis points and that and, kind of stuff? Yes. And he... He's got a lot. It's really oh, his channel is amazing. He, he's got a lot of views. See, there's a big debate about that now too, because a lot of people are going out and looking for that stuff a little bit more. And the question now becomes, it's kind of like that whole conversation we had about like, do you take the tree stand down if you see it and you know that nobody's yeah. been in it? And it's kind of like one of those things like, it's an arrowhead. Do you really want to take it because you don't know if like that arrowhead might have been like in a battle or if it was an Indian's last whatever? Like there's a real kind of push and pull on that kind of stuff now in the in the archaeological community. I think that is a solid point, but for me, I've no never found intended. one. <laughs> 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 what was it? You um, never found an arrowhead? 
I've never found an arrowhead. He's never found well, a shed. Well, I, d- I so. didn't. I yes, I have. <laughs> Shark tooth. I've never. I found one and then lost it in my own truck. It. It's I in put the it in the console. Yeah, well, underneath. <laughs> Did, have you still not grabbed it? I can't. I have to take my truck apart now. Oh, my Jesus. amazing first shark tooth ever that I made like four posts about trying to find is probably gone. It's in like a crevice in his middle console. Provence. Uh. <laughs> but, um, no, I didn't grow up with a dad and a game warden <laughs> who were best friends and went and hunted Indian burial go. grounds. Here we go. We never hunted took, Indian burial took, grounds. Dug up dead Indians. What in the field? Well, didn't you say the one place, or no, I think it was Will telling me. Like, yeah, the one was. place. I mean, there's one place that's freaking loaded. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. The no, place, I didn't have that. The place that shall not be named. That shall not be named, but has been named all over the internet. Uh, yes. Because people don't understand draw odds for some yeah. reason. <laughs> Did you apply for this one? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Don't <laughs> tell people about that one. Um, oh, I don't. I don't think I get to apply for that anymore. No, yeah, you don't. You're a um, you don't. Bluegrass. Welcome. Person. Welcome to the bluegrass. I'm with Rick. Yeah. But you have the 20 thing. times the awesome public land, and you have elk. Screw you. <laughs> Why don't you right. put in for elk? I need to. Uh, it's you past, should. right? Is yeah, it past? but yeah, next you year. can put in for next year. And if you get, I swear to God, if you get drawn it's going to be the most amazing year, thing. I will <laughs> we're gonna, we're stab gonna bring you, it to you live with when a Clovis point. <laughs> on his first year. And Rick still point. hasn't been drawn in like 12. Yeah. I also found some nice deer by Rick's house. So, you did. That is true. <laughs> I helped set the camera. <laughs> that counts for that's, something, right? That's one of the cameras. Just one of the cameras. I have found sheds, just never while shed hunting. <laughs> <laughs> They're still attached to deer. Josh has never went shed hunting and found sheds, though. I will say, Josh was scouting. Mm, yeah, we were okay. we were scouting. Accidentally found yeah. a shed. That's so fair. Nanny, I nanny, found. Boo-boo. Sheds. To deer be fair, scouting, scouting for deer season, not necessarily shed. That hunting. one shed though right. was in the middle of the field, like it was just laying. There. Oh yeah, which tells me that no one was there. Yeah, or it could have been dropped. That's very true. It could have been recenter? dropped soon. Yep, recenter. Um, I don't know about that with that where we found it. You don't think that a deer could have held an antler longer and then dropped it in a field because it, not with it, as small as that antler. It had looked it looked like it had been there for a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of in the mud. Yeah, it was kind of st- stamped right. in the ground. Okay, I I will uh, sustained sustained. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, his channel was pretty cool though. I I've always been fascinated by that. But to sort of uh, talk about what you were saying. Um, I get that a little bit. I think it's, for me, it's a way that you honor those people, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause it, how cool would it be to sit down with an arrowhead or whatever that you found? Oh and yeah. Think like this could have been an arrow that a native American fired at a buffalo or an elk or whatever. And that was their last meal before another tribe wiped them out I mean, or white people came and took over or what you know like so many things could have happened exactly then the next day yep yeah. well and and you can't you can't prove it or anything like that and it's like i live like i mean so big bone lick state park <laughs> like that's where i can't hear that i i know you can't <laughs> <laughs> but i mean like daniel boone was through there simon kenton was through yeah. there 
like every major like historical figure that you can think of who went and like settled like the you know western world at that time went through there and there's tons of shawnees there and indians just coming back and forth and Native Americans. In my bad. We gotta be, we no, gotta be no, better seriously. about that. Well, I caught myself. Honestly, though, um, I learned this the other day. Indian is a federal term. Native American is the actual term, which I was not aware of. Federal. Federal. So Indian, when you were referring to a Native American, so there's the bureau, the Bureau of Native American and Indian Affairs. Indian is actually a federal term that is used. In in uh, in legal documents because oh, wow. it was put in there, no idea until I found that out the other day. But That's you're right, crazy. Native Americans. So tons of Native Americans through there. You know, there's probably arrowheads, flint, pottery, like anything you want over there. And it's but you can't do anything. You there, can't can do you? anything there. Yeah. But you could go to those surrounding areas and you could dig because it's private land. Sure. If they if you were allowed on there, at the same time though. It's it's one of those kind of moral questions of where you kind yeah. of sit and stand with that kind of stuff. And personally, like I have arrowheads, like I think they're neat. I I don't like. I don't know if it's just like oh, this fell out of a like an Indian's or, my bad Native American's pocket or, or whatever buckskin, and it was laying there. You know, it, it's a it's a cool thing to have. You know, I think that it's important for it's a piece people. of history. Well, yeah, a pe- yeah, people should learn about that kind of stuff. At the same time, though, um, I don't also agree with people going to Gettysburg and like, oh, here's two <laughs> here's two lead balls that are stuck together. Musket balls yeah, musket there. balls there, and it's like, yeah, it probably went through some dude's chest this at some came point. Out of Stonewall Jackson's yeah. leg, actually. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's a weird moral question yeah. um, to kind of have around some of that stuff. I think the other point of that or argument to that as far as leaving those items there may be that, you know, that artifact that someone finds is just the cherry on top, so to speak. And what if there's like an actual archaeological site or historical site underneath all that, like a bunch of other yep. artifacts and, yep. and, you know, whoever picked it up and disturbed the area and then, right, that wouldn't be there for an actual, actual archaeologist to find. So interestingly enough, there's this other side of archaeology now um, that if you find this stuff, you can notify like the local archaeological societies or the closest university and they'll come out and they may do a dig. But sometimes what they'll do is they'll only dig a small area anymore because they can test now on certain stuff. But like they ran into this with um, older archaeological sites where you can't like you can't use advanced technologies that you may have now because you've already dug up the entire area. So, like, you may have been able to learn more by not digging up stuff right now wow. and then going back at a later time. So, sometimes what people will do now when they do these big archaeological digs is they'll dig up part of it and they'll say, we're only doing this. We're only doing this section or we're only doing this deep. And then everything underneath that, we're not touching until, you know, 10 years from now when Why technology, is technology is different. Um, you can figure out different things. So... So you're talking about like where they shot the shotgun shells into the ground and looked at the Velociraptor yep. and okay yep <laughs> and well, Jurassic Park. Well, now you would have <laughs> thi- well you have things like lidar, yeah, which are you know map entire areas 
where they found places in the Amazon that they didn't even realize were whole kingdoms from uh, you know lost civilizations down there. What what's it called? Like the Snake Kings or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And like they have places as big or bigger than you know the Inca Empire areas and that kind of stuff. It's it's nuts. So yeah. Kind of weird how we got off topic on that. We really have, time. but we digress. <laughs> squirrels, squirrels. <laughs> well, that was speaking <laughs> of which, <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> um, which was leading us into deer season and broadheads and all that broadheads, kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it's something to look for when you're out. I really do. Like if you, if especially if you are in a new area, if you're out on public land, especially if you go out west. Where you go in some of these areas. That's where that dude was. He was yeah. in Missouri. Yeah. I mean, you have plenty of areas like this. You can go and you can look, you know, go look for pieces of flint. Like, it's it's a neat thing to do to either go artifact check or rock hound or whatever to have that kind of stuff. And it might give you a little bit more of a memento from that hunt. So, there's that. Okay, dude. Other part that we can start talking about too is it is August 20th, which means that summer fishing is going to start transitioning into fall fall fishing, fishing, which is amazing. That means slower baits, bigger grubs. (laughs) Y'all really work out tip. Uh, I need to go fall fishing with someone because I don't think I've ever been fall fishing. Fall fishing is amazing. I went with the Kate's family circa 2015. It was awesome. Yeah. I like. Is that where you almost got in a fight at the campfire? No, that was a spring trip. Oh, spring almost trip. what? Got in a fight at the campfire. <laughs> the fall trip is always a fun time, though, because it starts to just get a little bit cooler. The water oh. temp drops just a bit. And if you are on any major reservoir in, I, I mean, I would really say the Midwest, like fishing just really starts to heat up. It gets out of that. Um, so do you not consider Kentucky the south? See, oh man, you're you're entering a real, real oh, weird yeah. area. Real Teach weird. them how to say Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. <laughs> you hear me, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike's blood pressure. Blood pressure. Say it with me. Just which Mike? Through. Mike Lawson. Oh, okay. He's he's Kentucky. Guy. Well, he also said that Dale's better than Cumberland, and I don't believe that. Mm. Mm. For what? Smalley? Yes. Yeah. I I I don't know. Uh, but I, I'm pretty I, sure like the world record comes out of con- or uh, came out of Dale. Daily. Old Joe came out of Dale. They're never going to argue that. Did you say Old Joe. Old Joe. That's the name of the fish. Oh yeah, you didn't know that was the name of the fish. Did you hear that, Pierce? So yeah, no, I'm <laughs> talking about a movie quote. Um, yeah, Old Joe is the name of the fish, and he thought the guy who caught it thought he hooked it previously and lost it, and then uh, recaught it. Wow. But yeah. It's really, really weird. Um, he was trolling when he caught it, too. Um, th- exactly. So, like, Dale's a great lake. Like, I've been down there. I love it. It's you know, a big, beautiful reservoir. I just think that maybe the smallmouth populations are better in Cumberland, um, and they're getting a little bit better. Okay. Now, I could be completely wrong about this because... Uh, Cumberland is being beat to hell with tournaments every weekend. Yeah. And that, that's disappointing to a certain extent. But but that means that the bigger fish are going to get smarter and yeah, and you're going to have more bigger fish. Easy through. Yeah. But uh, 
this oh man, Kentucky being the South. I don't I don't know, man. <clears throat> I don't know. Because I, I really I, I mean really... they didn't even secede, I don't think they were neutral, no. right? So they so, so it, what do you didn't you have to read Shades of Grey when you were in elementary school? Uh uh-uh. uh. So we had to read this book in elementary school called Shades of Grey. We suck at the outdoors stuff, don't we? We're like history tonight. Yeah. I'm uh, cool with that. But I'm like, a history guy. I mean, it, it kind of goes into what Hold we on. talk about. I just got back from the bathroom. Did you say you read Fifty Shades of Grey? No, I <laughs> read a book called Shades of Grey, which was uh, about... my teacher. Which was about... <laughs> three Shades of Grey oh with my God. Mrs. Vandersmoot. <laughs> Um, no. So Shades of Grey was a book, uh, that was about great, uh, Kentucky. If I'm not mistaken, the main character was in Kentucky and his family lived in Tennessee and was part of the South, but like he was not on either side. And I know like it brings up a whole lot of stuff. I just don't feel like, I, I don't think of Kentucky as a Southern state. Like it, it falls into like every southern. I don't think they get southern... to be wid, mid, wid, <laughs> I don't think they get to be Midwest either. either. But but here's the thing, like, and people will sit here and say this is Ohio a Midwestern state? Yeah. See, I struggle with that one too. Because people will say Wisconsin's a Midwestern state, and, yeah. mid, and Wisconsin's north. Like to me, the Midwest is. I don't think it's fair that Ohio or Kentucky get lumped in because to me, the Midwest is like. Illinois, Illinois, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, Iowa, like the breadbasket. I don't yeah. know if I'd throw Indiana in there. Probably would, but um, that's to me, though. But see, Missouri's considered a southern state in some places. That's that's, and I think yeah. that, I think it's a midwestern state. Like I, when I think of like when I think of like the quintessential midwestern state, like Missouri is one of those states. And it just always has been and always will be. But then it's got, like, borders with Arkansas. And it's, like, one of the most southern... I mean, the Ozarks are one of the most southern areas you can think of. So, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, if anybody invested in OnlyFans, you might want to pull your stock. (laughs) Just saying. Josh is showing us memes right now, and we're struggling. <laughs> so, but that is true. It is, and I don't know. I think I think you get into a weird kind of gray area, and like I'm, I'm going to catch a ton of shit about this, but like you have three people who were born in Ohio talking about what's southern and what's not, and yeah. you know we're going yeah, to we're going to catch a whole hell of a lot of stuff about this. I I don't know. Like, and, and I live in a weird area of Kentucky, like. Kentucky is Cincinnati South. It, yes. I, I, I mean, yeah. My bad. Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky, Northern Kentucky is Cincinnati Southern South. Cincinnati. That's yeah. all yep. it is. I mean, it, it, that's what it, it basically is. Basically Ohio. It's basically Ohio. <laughs> People With don't hills. like hearing that. Exactly. With good hills. With good hills. <laughs> <laughs> lots of locust trees. Yep. Lots of locust trees. But, but deer season. Let's yes. uh, transition to deer season. For a little bit at least. So... All three of us are planning on hunting public land at some point. All three of us are planning on hunting private land in Ohio, um, yep. yeah. I believe, at some Possibly point. Possibly Kentucky as well. Possibly Kentucky as well. Fingers crossed on that. Um, it's going to be a good season. Like I've got a, I think I said this to Aaron last year. I had such an amazing year with um, fishing and turkey. It would have been like complete 
overload if I would have shot the bull that was walking through the woods in Ohio last year. Like, it would have been like... Do you mean buck? Yeah, but okay. I, mean, I called it the bull. Oh, okay. Like the, right. the, the deer's name was the bull. It, it was as fat as a cow. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. You saw the pictures. You saw the video. You had the video. Yeah, of it. it was video. a good deer. Um, Sitting on the video. Yeah, but... Tune in. Tune in. You can watch Rick miss. <laughs> Well, now they don't have to tune in. But you can make it part of a longer compilation when I kill a huge freaking deer this year and go. win the competition. Bring it full circle. Damn, that's some that's a, high, a hubris right there. <laughs> so, so we've been scouting Kentucky pretty oh, hard. Very, like, so hard. <laughs> so, I have so many miles. <laughs> So I, how, I many, how many how many times have you walked that that WMA place? Uh, probably. I can think of maybe five or six times you've said you've gone there. Yeah. And you're putting six, in six seven in miles head. in each time, right? Oh, dude! I think my low day was five. I did no 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 no. I did a four mile day one day. Okay. Uh, it was like four four and a half, but still, but you did a day but, with like seven. Did a day with eight. Keep in mind that's. That's like, okay, walk your ass off to that camera. All right, check pictures. Now walk your ass off to that camera. Mm -hmm. That day was pretty easy still. Most of the days filled with hot, humid, mosquito-y, tick-infested days. Yeah. And some of those hills, now I'm a pudgier guy that's a little shorter. Walking up some of those hills is rough uh, on your... Josh knows all these terms, but the little stabilizer muscles and stuff in your ankles and yeah. high ankle, side ankle, all that, like, it sometimes got home and was a little rough. Mm -hmm. wasn't, wasn't walking great that evening or the next day, but uh, here we are. Um, I think I have probably somewhere north of, well, six times Lois is four. I think we did. Uh, one day we put in eight miles. We've done some in the six and seven. So, I mean, you could say probably somewhere around 35 or 40 miles mm -hmm. just in that WMA. Jeez, oh, Pete's. So, That's a haul, too, there. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, it's covering pretty up bad. and down. Yeah. Up and down. Yes. So, we're not telling you where that is. We're not yeah. going to give you a list of where those places are either. So. <laughs> yeah. Even though if we did, we would be qualified to do so, <laughs> yes. unlike others. But that's yes. another we've, story for another we've time. We've been there. Come talk to us personally. So, I would say, as far as Kentucky goes, probably you and I, Chris, have been doing a lot of boots on the ground scouting. Yes. Yeah. I haven't put in as many miles as you i don't i don't think oh, i have boy you've got way better deer than i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah so <clears throat> we've talked about this Still before <laughs> yeah <Still open. laughs> where did the deer go yeah well you, they go? after opening day yeah so we've talked about this before this uh, this will be my first year hunting kentucky i don't have any private parcels here so i've been scouting public exclusively this will be my second year hunting kentucky but I've only ever hunted Kentucky for a day. That's true. So I didn't really yeah. get like oh, that's great right. experience. Yeah, that's it was true. Like, <clears throat> over. Chris killed a Kentucky public land buck last year. Two years ago. 
Two years ago, yeah, 2019. First sit, so it's on YouTube Pre-COVID. if you want to go watch it. Freaking Pieball, <clears throat> Pieball buck. It was pretty crazy, but, you know, again, it, you know, that's all cool, and I remember that, but I think about it, and I didn't get to hunt Kentucky until yeah. November or December. Uh-huh. I missed out on a lot of experience. So, I mean, tagging out early like that's great, and I'm never going to turn my nose up at it, but sometimes when you kind of struggle and it takes you longer or you strike out, you learn a lot more. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to, you know, I think collectively most of us aren't going to have crazy high standards. And, no. Well, um, you know. Well, most of us have not killed a velvet, a buck in velvet. I mean, really, nobody has. Yeah. Pierce has the hanging velvet buck, but yeah. that's like it's out of velvet. The velvet was just hanging on. So. I don't know. It's weird for me though because, like, you got. I mean, well, you're not though. You live over here now, so it's mm-hmm. a little bit different. But I kind of flip flop for me because it's like my ability to kill a good deer over here for days hunted goes up because I'm not hunting Ohio. As much as you guys are, or as much as you are, maybe not as much as you. Um, I don't know. We know nobody hunts Ohio as much as me. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> but, but 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 my point being is that like, I, like like I said earlier, like it would be great to go to one of the WMAs where there's deer on camera and go there. But I know darn good and well that the farm that I hunt gets really nice bucks over there. But let me rephrase that: really nice bucks for me over there every year and it's a matter of finding them in the daylight is, is the only problem Talking about your well kentucky or ohio <clears throat> spot? kentucky the, the ohio so, spot so let's go over that real quick yeah. so first off nice bucks for me let's just throw that out the window mm. let's just say nice bucks and maybe your standards go up this year mm-hmm. the other thing most of the pictures you show me from that farm mm-hmm. are in the dark and you literally just said that yeah you are nowhere near where those deer bed. So no. I would not be putting a lot of stock in there until the end of October. Correct. Personally. So uh, unless you start. So one but, thing you could do is run a few cameras over there on some good food sources. Not So not a corn pile and not like an ag field. Try um, acorns. Acorns hickories. and then uh, <clears throat> not hickories. Um, persimmons. Well, persimmons kind of a little later. Generally, mm-hmm. I think around end October, early November, you could try the locust trees. You could try pawpaws are really big. Yeah, there's none over season. there, unfortunately. Um, there's Is no there pawpaws. No pawpaws over any, there. Any um, shoot, where are those big yellow balls? <coughs> Crab apples. Crab apples. Osage hedge orange. apples. Hedge apples. Hedge apples. They're are they over hedge there? Apple. Yeah, they're over there. Check well, those there trees. Go. Yep. Not only do they eat those hedge balls, but they eat the damn leaves, the leaves like are. it's their job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I. <clears throat> so in doing what we've talked about previously, um, those deer are coming from an area farther back up the hollow. That is where their bedding is. Like I went, I went, I've walked back up in there this year. I've looked, I found the bedding area. The issue is getting in near that bedding area without yeah. them without blowing them out of there and <clears throat> you know the reality of hunting them early season always is you know it's kind of a crapshoot but if i've got a good deer well, on if you camp, have their bed yeah you've got it dicked well correct the problem about it is is that look strong hand last year 
did not show up until the end of September, like start of October. So do you wait for, because every year a good buck shows up there, a real good buck shows well, up there. Well, the thing is, is showing up and being there are two different things. He showed up on camera. Correct. He could have been there the entire time. So yeah. perfect example where mine and Pierce's cameras are. Mm-hmm. We have two water sources, we'll call them. They're about 260 yards apart, measured on Onyx. The one has two different big bucks coming into it pretty regularly. The other one barely gets an antlered deer, Mm -hmm. and it has the same doe with her babies every day, morning and evening, basically. How you couldn't have either of those deer show up at least one time all summer I mean, that's pretty close. Right. They avoid cameras more than people think. And I think also, even if they're not avoiding them, to walk by a camera is still pretty tough. I mean, you got to have it pointed in a great direction. So let's say if you had, do you run corn over there? Yeah, I've got okay, one. Okay, so one you got bit. a corn pile. So <clears throat> those could be deer that are educated on that and want nothing to do with it. I've actually had deer where you get pictures where the little dumbass two-year-old is at the corn, the corn pile, pile and he the, sets it the off. big ones are off back. And big dude is back yep. there looking. <clears throat> and I got, because it's on three-round burst, I got three picks of that deer. Never, ever again in two years did I ever have a picture of that deer. But I had an encounter with him once. Mm-hmm. And that just, man, that kind of stuff blows my mind. They, they're a little smarter than you think, but also... If you have an idea of where those deer are bedding, mm-hmm. you can get them cams in there a little <clears> closer. And the other thing, you're saying these beds are up on top of a hill or close to it. So you oh, walk yeah, up yeah, to yeah. them, yeah. up a holler. Yeah, they're a well, holler. Go up on the side, the side. come in from the side. Yep. So that way your thermals in Hence, the daytime aren't pushing your scent up. Hence the mobile setup. There yes. you go, baby. Yeah. Mobile yep. hunting. Or you could hunt with me opening weekend. Oh, which is I, probably what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. I think I have a general bedding area for a bachelor group narrowed uh, down. I within. don't think that you have. <laughs> We've all I, seen I the pictures, Josh. It's, uh, so, like I was saying earlier, so this is my first year hunting Kentucky. I've been exclusively scouting public. I kind of had three areas in mind. Uh, Rick told me about a couple. Uh, one of those we uh, went to together and kind of scouted another place we had not been to together and I scouted. I, anyway, I essentially had three places in mind and I narrowed it down to two based on my, my first couple of days in there. And then since then, I've really narrowed it down to one place. Um, it being my first year, I really wanted to get a, a, a pretty in-depth knowledge of at least one or two WMAs. I kind of work my way from there um, and just gain more intel and knowledge, you know, over the years. But I didn't want to, like, it's good to have options in deer in multiple places, but I didn't want to run myself too thin. Um, but anyway, so this one place, I'm pretty sure I have a bachelor group's bedding area narrowed down. Ten, at least 10 acres. I have it narrowed down to 10 acres. And in fact, I think I may have it narrowed down more like five acres. Um, I've shown Chris the videos. That, Rick, I need yeah. to show you the rest of them. But I've daylight, morning, evening, afternoon, 
Um, there's three, well, there's three different bucks that I would definitely shoot. Um, one being probably one thirties and then they go up from there. Yeah. The one thirties is probably the smaller one. Um, so definitely great deer. Um, so I think, I think if you and I focus on the area, cause I know where they are now. Yeah. Theoretically, I know where they should be come opening weekend. Now we'll see what the pressure's like and see right. what, see what these other hunters do. I only got one other, one other hunter on camera back in this area, which was just a couple of weeks ago. I'm assuming more people will be back there this week, next week before season comes, but Gotta. See, but here's the deal, and this is the thing that I always here's the deal. Um, this is the thing that always kind of I think people forget about opening weekend in Kentucky is that it's on Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's true. That drives a lot of people away from the. I mean, it doesn't drive you away from the woods. It's like it's like your last like. Thing the you do summer. with your in summer. Yeah. Like, like literally, you, I was you... talking to a gentleman who bought a Target yesterday. Mm-hmm. Jason Brumley. <clears throat> yeah, bought a Target, and he was talking about how he wasn't going to make it down to his farm where he's got these giants on camera, and said people want to come. He lives out at Winoka, and he yeah. he wants to host people for fireworks and cooking and the whole like, nine. And I think you're right. Well, it's, it's so I had this conversation. Uh, we have my wife and I have this conversation every year when we go into deer season. She's like, if you have hard dates that you want to hunt, like please put them on the calendar. She's like, it's it's just easier. Opening weekend always is on Labor Day, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, um, I'm hunting. Like I, I am hunting <laughs> at least two of those days. It, it, they may be morning hunts. They may be evening hunts. But I am hunting at least two of those days. I would like to do all day sits on on those days, but I know that's not going to happen with two young kids. Like it's, it's yeah. just it's just not. Um, and <clears throat> ultimately, like it, it it benefits you if you don't have. <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. If you don't have friends or family that are making <laughs> you come to parties or whatever, you know, those people, you benefit so much more. On that weekend than most other individuals. Um, yeah. Or no kids. Or no kids. Uh, <laughs> I can definitely say... I wonder how people feel when they think that they're going to make plans during hunting season and then I help them understand what time of year it is. <laughs> no, it's opening day of Kentucky. Oh, you're getting I'm, married on September 28th? Well, I feel terrible, feel- honestly, because <laughs> September 3rd is my mother-in-law's birthday every year. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, every year it's the same day. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I have a... And my nephew on the same day. Yeah. There's a good friend of my wife and I. Um, her birthday is the first week in November. Every year they plan like a big birthday party and stuff for her, and every year I'm like, yep, yeah, I, I can't go. Like, sorry, <laughs> this has been four or five years in a row. I'm like, oh, I won't be there. Have fun. My dad had a guy that worked for him for the, uh, in watercraft for years. And he, <laughs> he got married like the weekend before their deer hunting trip <laughs> every year. I he mean, got the, married every year. You know, <laughs> I realized what Damn, I said. Bro. 
Every year he gets a forced remarriage. No, um, he got married uh, this the weekend right before they would take this trip every year, and he's like, "Dude, like if this ever shifts, it's like you're screwed." He's like, "Your yeah. wife's not gonna let you go on your anniversary." Guess what happened? Oh. <laughs> Switched places, had to shift weekends. Guy never went on that trip again. So buyer beware when you start scheduling <laughs> things during hunting season because um it affects you greatly in in the long run uh especially kids birthdays um make sure that you're planning those suckers outside of a turkey season and deer season yeah my wife is trying to tell me not to plan our first child right now based around any hunting seasons Do good it. luck with that <laughs> don't listen to her. don't listen to her with that face her north <laughs> And eat pickled herring. <laughs> I'm uh, how I met your mother reference. Yeah, I've uh, I've got one born uh, April thirtieth and one born September nineteenth. Yeah, we're both S- stupid. Yeah, stupid, stupid. Let me let me up you. <laughs> let me one up you there. Mine was the day before Ohio's turkey, turkey season. season. My son this year, love you, Cade, and then. <sighs> <laughs> Colleen is November 1st. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You weren't thinking. And boy, let me tell you, you're not getting out of Halloween either. Nope. Because you got to go trick-or-treating, right? I've got to come back from deer camp early to do Halloween this year. (laughs) Yep. So, the day before she's born, we have this absolutely crazy, windy, rainy storm. Temp just drops. Yep. Every farm... Had my best shooters on cam. Two years ago, right? Yes. Yeah, I know exactly when you're talking about. And then about. the next three days, all of which I was in the hospital for, they're just parading in front of the cameras, <laughs> and then I get out and go. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I struggled that year. I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for. I'm ready for camp. I'm ready for I'm ex- camp. I'm, I'm excited to share a bourbon with you guys. Yeah. Um, share some good food. Hopefully some amazing stories. And uh, we also need to plan our opening weekend Ohio camp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. I, I work the morning. That's okay. That's Saturday morning. I forgive you. When is opening weekend in Ohio? You're from Ohio. I'm from Ohio, but I don't hunt The fourth week. weekend in September every year. But I want to say the, we're date? like 25th, 26th. Yeah, look. it's usually there. 25th. I'll be in Florida. You'll be in Florida. Florida. I'm in Florida. Fishing. Celebrating more Fishing. life. <laughs> celebrating love, Josh. Celebrating love. But yes, I will be fishing. What love are you celebrating? Um, my buddy's getting married down there. So oh, cool. in Destin. So you love oh, your buddy. You have a friend that gets married on opening day. Yes, I do. You know, I have a rule about this. <laughs> so I had a buddy <laughs> who now divorced, right? At, no, 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 hold on, okay. hold on. There's multiple buddies. Oh. I have a buddy, Patrick West. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gets married on opening day. Wears camo. Mm. And I thought, that's some bull****. <laughs> Take that camo off. Because you're not, y'all ain't hunters. This is opening day of deer season. This mm-hmm. is a tradition. Mind you, the shooter that I'd been watching in the bean field... That was just an absolute semi-truck in velvet. 
was out there on opening day. Oh, at, no. Get this. At 5 o'clock in the evening. Ooh. Not just in the daylight. Daylight, capital right as, A, capital F, <laughs> and a bunch of exclamation points. Right, right as he's walking down the aisle. Never saw that deer again. Really? Until November 6th when I killed his ass. Nice. That's the big one on the wall, the 16-pointer. Really? Yeah. So, but still, I thought, you freaking jack wagon. <laughs> so, then we have Yoshimity. <laughs> getting married on opening day invites me to the wedding and I'm seriously considering going because at this point I'm kind of still like I ain't doing that again Mm -hmm. and I thought well you know he's my buddy could use some support all that well then they call it off so right there and right then and there I'm like all right if you are getting married on opening day of deer season especially if you call yourself an outdoorsman I want nothing to do with the wedding. I'll send you a gift. I mean, it makes sense. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Best wishes. Well, and I'll selfie from the it's tree like, stand. Um, I went to a wedding one time that was, oh, God, and it was in Columbus. It was outside Columbus. It was the Ohio State-Michigan game. It, it was on the day of the Ohio State-Michigan game. I'm sitting there looking around. I'm like, how am I at a wedding in Ohio near Columbus, of all places, and I cannot watch. They they didn't have a TV at the reception. We had to, like, I mean, Ohio State destroyed Michigan. Shocker. Um, (laughs) But it was was one of those things where it's like, how, how, like, who who thinks of these things? Like, why would you put your friends and family through this? Same as uh, deer season. It's, It's like one of those things where, I know now uh, Ohio's turkey season comes in close to my son's birthday, and it's like, oh, we don't schedule birthday parties on that weekend. We always schedule it after, so it might be in like the first weekend in May or something like that. Versus, you know, that weekend in in April because yeah. it's just it's awful. It's awful, awful. But so in in closing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, We've got some pretty exciting times ahead of us, I think. Really hope and pray that we have a solid deer season, a safe deer season. Wear your harnesses. Aaron, um, we love you, Aaron. (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty jacked, though. I'm I'm really excited to get my bow set up because the last time I shot a deer with even a solid arrow, which was like 451 grains, it went through almost the entire deer. Nice. And it was just a run-of-the-mill, like, fixed head. It wasn't anything crazy. It was cut on contact, I guess. But um, now, oh, my God. <laughs> Freaking. I feel, like that's, <laughs> I feel like that's seen in 300. <laughs> Are you talking about Josh's deer? Josh's deer. <laughs> <laughs> Our arrows will blot out the sun. <laughs> fight in the shade oh um, uh, concluders concluders josh you go hmm <clears throat> okay concluders put me on the spot so you've been here for an hour and a half you knew this was coming i had all the time to prepare and sixth time so. See, yeah, sixth time <laughs> a sixth time guest shouldn't be worried about a this. champion six time. Josh. champion of the podcast so 
anyway, my concluder would be that yeah, we're I'm just like Chris, I'm very excited for the upcoming deer season. This is probably um the best intel I've ever had as far as any deer season goes, and this will be the earliest I've ever hunted before, so I'm I'm pretty jacked for it. Uh, with that being said, for all of our all the people listening and all the people that follow our YouTube, right, we're releasing uh, lots of content right now. Pretty regularly, right? Pretty regularly, yeah. We're trying to um, get out all of our stuff from last season. That way, this upcoming season, um, we'll be able to kind of keep people up to date and release almost in real time is kind of kind of what we're hoping for. Um, so be on the lookout for, you know, lots of content coming up from our hunts. Yeah, we have your buck coming up Monday as well. Yep, Monday. All goes well, which it's, I have no idea why my YouTube's playing right now, but um, <laughs> y'all just got a preview. <laughs> no. uh, we have your buck coming up Monday. Yep. We have your, and that's your Ohio buck. That is my we Ohio buck. We have your buck. Texas buck coming up the following week. Yep. And then, and then, really, we'll probably have to squeeze that one in before Monday, that Monday, because Luke's buck will probably air then. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, we also have my pronghorn. Oh, yeah. I forgot about as that. As well as Rick and my shitty Ohio deer season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so lots coming out in the next and, two And weeks. lots more. We've got some really cool tutorials. Yeah, we do. Product reviews. We've got the beast stand coming out in a couple of days we've got how to quarter up and pack out a deer yep for those guys that are deep in private or you know on public where a four-wheeler or you know a deer cart's not really an option um we have a video by luke coming out as you all saw where it's going to show us how to sharpen heads mm-hmm. um we've got a lot of cool stuff coming out yeah lots yeah. of cool stuff so I guess my concluder is really I'm just thankful again, uh, you know, really thankful for all the support from the vendors and and uh, all of our members and even non-members that came out. Our our new game warden, Officer Smith, came out and introduced himself. Uh, he's the game warden for um, Brown County, Ohio. And uh, really just kind of a shout out and thanks to my team. I plan a lot of stuff and do a lot of stuff thinking I can do everything by myself. And um, that's like the independent me. And uh, I felt like I could pull the majority of what we did off with little or no help. And I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> um, it was really neat to see everybody step in and not only go hit the ball hard and, and kind of take control, but also allow me to float around and help other people and converse with other people that wanted to meet me or meet a certain person that I'd introduce them to, or they had questions about a certain piece of gear. So, uh, you know, you two and, and everybody that helped super, super huge. Thank you. Good deal. Good deal. Um, I guess mine, just to piss off Luke, uh, <laughs> if you can take somebody hunting or fishing or get them in the outdoors uh, this year, please go and do it. Uh, squirrel hunting is an absolute blast of an opportunity to get somebody out in the woods. Chris brought up a good one earlier. Artifact uh, searching is, a, is another good way to get people out in the outdoors. Um, other than that, with regards to um, 
deer season coming up and with kind of the ending of boating season as well, please, please, please make sure you're using your life vests on the lakes and your harnesses that are safe and secure in the woods. Just because you have grandpa's old harness doesn't mean that you can't go and replace it. Uh, those things are really probably only good for about five years. That's the warranties on them at least. So it's always good to keep an eye out for new ones. And remember, uh, if you're climbing a tree without one, you're putting yourself at a really unnecessary risk that uh, you and your family don't want to have to take. So um, other than that, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. And we've been joined tonight by Josh Luck. Uh, talk at you later, guys. Bye. See you. Bye. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. As always, we are available for contact at theeliteoutdoors1 at gmail.com. That is theeliteoutdoors, the number one, at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you next time.